Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Feeders, it is Monday. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy, hello, doesn't hello. let friends feed kibble. What's happening, Dr. Andy? No, it's another day in paradise. Happy Monday, everyone. Are you in paradise? I actually live in Paradise Hills, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that is hilarious. I, I do. That was the name of that. That's the name of my subdivision, yeah. Mm. That is perfect. That's perfect. So what's happening in uh, Andy's world, Dr. Andy's world? Well, you know, I'm I'm so set for all this sunshine that's coming our way, right? Right. Where is it? Uh, It's coming. You know, I know we need the rain up here in the mountains so that people don't worry about, you know, us burning up and uh, fires and everything. But it's been raining for what, like three weeks straight? I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Which is great for the plants. But I will say that we, you know, we've had our grand dogs for three weeks. This is the third week while our kids are in London and Paris and Spain and all that kind of fun stuff. But you can't let them go outside and play because they mm-hmm. just get, you know, mud, mud, yeah. mud, mud. Everywhere. Well, my, mine don't even want to, especially the big prissy Doberman. Mm. Mm. <laughs> He, he he won't. We have to let him out front so he can go under the big tree and pee there if it's raining. Oh, that's funny. These yeah. dogs love to be outside. They live up in Granby where it's a lot colder, right? Um, they love to be outside, but they roll. They mm. literally roll in the mud. This one, the way they play uh, with Lazi. So anyway, yeah, they're 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 itching to go outside. But, you know, when you're in a hurry, you're like, I don't have time to like you know, wash you wash dogs. They're yeah. big dogs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is, this isn't, this isn't a sink dog. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I want to ask you a couple of questions uh, about chiropractic work. You know, we're always talking about the rabies vaccine, Dr. Andy, and how it can cause neurological problems in dogs. Now, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to ask you, is there any, uh, advantage let's just say that a dog goes in and it gets the rabies vaccine and we start to see some type of weird neurological problems they're snapping at flies they're all of a sudden you know terribly afraid of of uh big loud sounds of storms can chiropractic because chiropractic is a neurological type of adjustment you know everything's neurological as we've learned here on the podcast is that helpful or does it not really matter because these toxins are in the body? What do you think about that? That's a that's an early Monday morning question. Huh? Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> wow. As you guys know, I don't ever prep my guests. I just no. throw the questions at them. <laughs> she does, honest to God. Uh, you know that is that is fantastic question, and mm, I don't know. I would love to think that it would impact it. 
if the owner is also doing the other things like detoxing with homeopathics, um, especially the adored beast rebalancer and already on raw or transitioning off a of kibble onto raw that the body would then be able to start detoxing that releasing that and the adjustments would also keep reminding that nervous system. Yeah. Let's, let's keep doing this. Let's, let's get back into homeostasis in the balance. Um, but do I have a client that I can say that's occurred with? No. Um, I do have uh, a client. He's a fly biter. It was funny. I had like two or they all seem to get memos. It's really interesting when you're in practice this long, the patterns that come in so fascinating, right? Like they'll all come in with left shoulder stuff that week, or I had three fly biting or flea bite fly biting. Is that what they call it? Flea biting, fly biting dogs. Um, in like a week, two weeks time. And I'm like, I hadn't seen this in years. Right. So weird. Um, and I guess the two conventional theories is it's a seizure. It's a neurological issue, seizure type, um, brain misfiring or, and I don't see how this makes any sense. They think it could be GI. A G O like it could be a, a reflux type reaction. I don't really see how that does that, but that's the two working conventional theories out there. I don't get that second one at all, but, um, the one dog, we changed the food that, and, and then I do see him about every six to eight weeks and he's doing 80% better. I think the food had a big part of it. Um, and then who knows how much have the adjustments also allowed that brain to settle down, get back into homeostasis and fire more correctly. But come on, Dr. Andy, you know why they're going to point to GI and maybe there is some um, validation in that. But we got to look somewhere other than toxins that the conventional route takes. Atlantic heartworm vaccines, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. we're not going to look at that. So you have to find something else to point at if you're not going to look at the big elephant in the room. Well, yeah, but they don't even need know what to do about those other things anyway. What do you mean? Right. Okay. This occurred because of a vaccine reaction or this occurred because of um, an interceptor. Oh, gotcha. You, you know, like, what do they do about that? They it's, don't know what to do about that. They don't know how to direct them to homeopathics. They don't know, you know, so we don't even want to look over there. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. And so we can give you a protein pump inhibitor to cut down on your acid in your stomach. And let's see if the fly biting goes away, right? They, they can, they have an answer to that. That is one of the worst answers. That's one of the hard no's in my pet's lives is they don't go on those. Mm-mm. They do not go on the pr- protein pump inhibitors. Right. It, it, it is so beyond me. Some of the things that are said out there now. Uh, we're always willing to look at other information so we can pass it on to our pet parents, right? If, if, but we, we need to look at all of it. And if there's a big portion in the traditional healthcare that is not going to be looked at, well, there's a big hole, right? (laughs) There's a big hole. So I want to ask you another question. This is a question that came up. Um, What is your thought I know what my thought is, but I want to get your thought about this. A dog that is recovering from Parvo, okay, mm-hmm. recovering from Parvo. Now, this particular dog, 
Um, and they're not customers of ours at all. They're up in Pennsylvania. But this uh, nice gentleman called yesterday. He wanted to get my opinion. The dog um, is an older dog as, as far as a puppy goes. So like 13 months. Okay. So it's not like a little puppy. However, got Parvo, um, was very sick, went into the vet and was on, uh, fluids, which we always say intravenous fluids. If your dog has Parvo, they're more than likely going to pull out of that. All right. Mm -hmm. Because they typically die from the dehydration of the vomiting and the diarrhea. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. He called and he said, my vet said, because my dog has had parvo and it's now immune compromised, we're two weeks out from healing. The dog won't eat the prescription diet. Can I feed my dog a raw diet because my dog is immune compromised? Now, I know what I said and I'll tell you what I said, but not until I hear what you had to say. <laughs> um. Heck yeah. <laughs> what is the problem? This this befumbles me too. Um, yes, they, they're going to get, I don't even know what they're going to get. Some systemic infection from eating raw, I don't know, right? I have no idea what they even think these animals are going to get when immunocompromised by eating raw. I have no idea. And actually, if you listen to other things like I do and all that, that digestion tube from the mouth to the anus is actually outside the body. Right? Like right. It, well, it's inside right? the body, but it is, is but, contained by yes, itself. But it's contained outside of like all the organs and all the blood and all of that. So it's not going to intermix. It's going to digest the food well, and it's going to utilize the nutrition and it's going to leave the body. Like I, I don't, I don't oh, I like that. I like that. So when you're listening, what what else did they say about that? They're like, all right, this is, this is, all right. So what about food poisoning? Can we say that? Is that sort of the same thing? Yeah, same, same concept. It's the body, that intestinal system is technically not like when it's in the tubes, <laughs> you know, the throat, the stomach, the intestines, the tubes, it's not intermixing with everything. And so the body realizes there's something that's not cool there, right? With food poisoning. And so it's like, okay, we just got to eliminate this. We can't even utilize this. So it's going to leave quickly. One way of, or the other. One way or the other, yes. The sphincter or the mouth. Yes. Uh, again, with even, you know, your dogs that pick up gastritis randomly or something randomly, right? The body's going to eliminate it. And we talk about this all the time. Let the body do that job. If your dog doesn't feel like eating, that's fine for a day. If it's leaving the body for a day, that's fine. If it's really just going out one end, okay. Both ends, you get a little more concerned because of the dehydration, but yeah, the body's very, very intelligent. Um, to this, to, to kind of talk to this a little bit more, it's a little different. Um, my friend took her little foster Yorkie in and he had a little altercation with the cat at the house. Whoops. And, yep. I guess the cat won. Well, he had quite a wound on him and she was treating it with adored beast, colloidal silver and essential oils Ooh. of lavender. And it looked great and it was healing up fine. It wasn't red. It wasn't hot. It wasn't pussy. It was fine. He wasn't messing with it. He actually really couldn't get to it, but um, he, she went to the vet because of his excessive urination. The vet 
could not, like it took 45 minutes to get her past this wound and how this wound needed to be treated and how this, you could not feed raw because that wound is going to get infected because of the raw food. And was she going to rub the raw food on the wound? I don't know. It's on the back of his neck. Like he, he can't even get to it. It, we don't know. He needed a shot of antibiotics because of this wound, which was not infected, was healing up just fine. I mean, it looked beautiful. Had a nice, Neely would be so proud. Had a nice little red ring around it, healing up beautiful. I got pictures of it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Took 45 minutes. Could you just tell me when my dog's peeing a lot? That's why I'm here. It was really, but say to the same point, you can't feed raw because that might get infected. I'm like, I have no idea how. Like, yeah, I, I, I wonder, do pet parents ever, I think this would be a great thing just to keep asking questions like, okay, how can you, can you help me make sense in my head? How that's, the- that's what yeah. Ashley did. She didn't take the antibiotics. He didn't get a shot of antibiotics. She's like, I don't understand this. <laughs> like, how can this be? Can you tell me? And the vet couldn't. If they cannot tell you, then why are we listening? Mm-hmm. Why are we listening? And then when we were talking later, I'm like, oh, you could have been really crummy and go, can you show me the research? Well, why aren't we saying that? I know. She's like, oh, I'll have to remember that next time, right? For whatever next incident, because there is none on on the benefits or the negatives of raw food, because there's no money in figuring that out. Well, right. And there are some stuff out there. There really is, but not, not to the extent that the vets can hand it over. I, but, but Dr. Andy, here, here's the thing, right? So I just am befuddled at you. God has made these creatures. If you don't believe in God, whatever. Okay. So let's just say these creatures are here. All right. And their teeth are the same as they were for millions of years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Their digestive tracts are short. Right. Just like what you were talking about. They go in, it goes through a very short digestive tract and it goes out the back. The the acid is the same. And why is all of a sudden the food that they were created to eat raw, Mm -hmm. dangerous? Why? And you have to realize that it's just because there is Billions and billions of dollars in kibble, right? In in high starchy, uh, low nutrition food. We can see it in our own lives, you know, McDonald's, Wendy's, yep. blah, 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 all that stuff. The fast foods just go down the, you know, the box aisles. In the, yeah, I was going to say the boxes store. in the grocery store. Yeah, there's yeah. billions of dollars in that. So we have to make raw the boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have seen pet parent after pet parent after pet parent fall for that uh, sphincter information. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just BS. Your dog has not evolved to eat crap. Mm -hmm. You may have forced it on them. They may gobble it up because there are taste enhancers. And now your dog is constantly hungry and they're still fat Mm -hmm. and they've got itchy 
skin and they've got goopy ears and goopy eyes and they've got tartar on their teeth. But that they have evolved. That's like saying, Dr. Andy, we have evolved to just eat donuts every single day. And I'm telling you what is going to happen is a hundred years from now, maybe even sooner, let's just say 20 when they bring in all the fake food, then we'll forget those humans ate real food. How dangerous that's what caused all the cancer, right? There'll be some sort of stupid narrative out there. Yes, they will spin it. Right. It doesn't make any sense. So tell me, how is it that food that your dog was created to eat, highly digestible, right? No, no fillers, no soy, no flour, no oils, no pea protein, no tocopherols, no, none of that crap, right? How is it that that makes them sick, but kibble doesn't? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I got nothing. I got nothing. So, yeah. So when this gentleman called me yesterday, I said, so I, let me understand the question. So, and, and, and prior to this, he let me know that he's been feeding raw for years and years and years. And I said, what got into your head? Who got into your head that that, that caused you to be afraid? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, when I, you know, my dog almost died. And he said, you know, most dogs don't survive parvo. And I said, most dogs that get on intravenous fluids do survive. Yes. Now, what he added was, he said, well, my vet said that the white blood count was just practically zero. Okay. Yes. The body was working on fighting the infection. Right. Uh, so let the body do it. Support it with fluids. Right. Yeah. So I said, okay, let me, let me just help you. Um, would it be better for a dog that is uh, recovering from anything, whether that is kidney problems, whether that is cancer, whether that is parvo, would it be better to feed them a whole food diet that does not have a bunch of toxins that they've got to try to, you know, make the body work hard to eliminate? And if you have an immune compromised dog, would it make sense to put toxins in their body? Because that is what you're doing with any kind of prescription food or kibble. Does that make sense? And he said, no, he was very, he was very appreciative. He said, thank you so much for taking the time. I feel better. Uh, My dog doesn't want to eat this stuff. So I was just worried that I was going to compromise their health if I put them back on raw. And I said, look, I don't know what kind of raw you're feeding, but Pretty much any raw company out there is going to be, you know, viable, is going to be, I mean, come on, better than kibble. It's going to be preferable. Absolutely. So. And and people just need someone in their corner. mm Mm-hmm. Right? I know, but I just am like, how is it that if you've been feeding raw for years and years and years, and I had a customer who has been feeding raw for years and years and years, um send over uh, a chat and I saw it and I jumped into the chat this morning. But the question was this, how long can I, let me just go back to the chat. So uh, the question was, um, hang on, I'm going to just go back over here. So the question was this, my 12 and a half year old dog is in stage one to stage two kidney disease. 
And it has been recommended to feed him a gently cooked diet. Um, how long can I cook the food? And my my response was, what is the reasoning for cooking the food mm-hmm. for the kidneys? And the and and she said it is the inability to totally process the raw. And and she said it was coming from a holistic veterinarian because I said, look, is this coming from a traditional vet or a holistic vet? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And she said it was coming from a holistic vet. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's what I recommend. Number one, I don't recommend cooking it for any reason, right? Because cooking it denatures the enzymes that help the pet to digest it. And it also creates carcinogens. Okay. So the, for those two reasons right there, I don't recommend cooking it. However, I would go back to your holistic vet and ask them the question because I, I can't tell you how long to cook it because I don't even advocate for cooking it for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense to you? No, as long as the dog is still eating the raw food. Now I've met some super senior dogs that are finally like, I don't want the raw. I do want it cooked. I do Mm -hmm. want it warmed up. I do want, you know, some cooked eggs on top or something like that. That's the only time is you follow their lead on that. Right. My 15 and a half year old Jack and your Asta, they're still wolfing down their raw food. Like it's not a problem. No, like they're like, this is cool shit. So yeah. Um, no, no. And, but, and I don't understand why people want to cook. I don't want well, to cook for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? like why, why, why? But you know, but, but the, the easier to digest or easier to, uh, easier on the kidneys cooking. No, that, no. that doesn't make sense to no, me. No, no. That's completely inaccurate. Yeah. No, there's no, no. <laughs> I, well, see, so these concepts are coming from the human side, Dr. Mm-hmm. Andy. When you really look at the fears that go on in pet parents' mind, this is all coming from the human side. Dogs are not human. I know they are like our kids, but they are yeah. not human. I don't know, Dr. Andy. When I meet you, I don't sniff your butt. <laughs> you no. Know, poop in front of each other and sniff it after like right like we, we we don't like we are not dogs and i have had clients tell me oh they're much more like a person than a dog i'm like mm, no they're a dog they're a dog they're a dog i mean that yeah, yeah we communicate but these are animals given given the right situation they might just snap at you they may bite you now i don't know you dr andy Although I would like to at times bite people, I don't. Right. I don't right. eat my vomit. I don't mm-hmm. lick my butt. I can't anyway because mm-hmm. I'm just not that limber anymore. Yes. You know, but even and, when I was, I could. Thank goodness we have no anal glands. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm, I am great. I am grateful for that. Scooting around <laughs> on the ground. Whoa. <laughs> Randomly in the middle of the park. <laughs> you know, so I, I just think. What is it called? Ampromorphism? Yes. What is? Yes. I think that's close enough. That's the word that says yeah. we put our human traits onto our dogs. Yes, right? We do. Yes, we but do. this bacteria thing, okay, this bacteria thing, I will say, Dr. Andy, is, is 
pushing the industry to take out, okay, to take out the bacteria mm-hmm. with cold water processing. So um, when people want to grumble about that, I want to say this. This is because you have your veterinary industry who have pushed this bacteria, 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 right? And instead of parents really um, understanding the raw, they've also fallen into this trap. And the FDA is all too happy to come in and say, let us fix that for you. Yes. So we always say, careful, careful what you, you know, Oh, I think I've got a bad batch. Oh, I think this really, what is that? And nobody can really explain what a bad batch is, right? So if your dog doesn't like something, if your dog isn't doing well on something, I mean, there's so many things, mm-hmm. right? So I was talking to a customer yesterday uh, at the warehouse and um, his dogs are doing great, but he was like, you know, um, I, I don't know if it was at his apartment, wherever he, his dog frequented a lot, whether that was his work or his um, apartment complex. He said, there's this big old jar of milk bones and my dog just sits there and loves those. And I said, now, you know, and I said, those, those are like donuts. And he goes, well, if that's the worst there is, that's fine. Until, right. And you can say that until your dog has diarrhea. And then you call me and say, why does my dog have diarrhea? What's in the raw? No, it's not the raw. It is called milk bones. Yep. And I know yeah. Dee Dee has a much stronger stance on that, but you know, my, <laughs> mine get a milk bone twice a year. <laughs> they don't get one daily when they're walking by the jar, wherever it is, right? Like that's completely different. And that's only the dogs that are um, super, super healthy and doing well too. It's not- All right. So Andy, I'm going to challenge Why? Okay. Why give them? Okay. Why do you? I'm just asking. I, I don't give them. They usually go to the dog store with me and they hand them one. Okay. Like literally twice a year. Like th- literally. Otherwise, it's single ingredient, you know, just fish treats, just liver treats, just turkey tendons, just, you know, whatever y'all got. You know, you just gave you just gave permission to half of our listeners out there to give milk bones twice a year. Twice a year. Yes. Except. But make sure the beige ones, not those colored shit. <laughs> No colors. No, no colors. I, I, you know what, Dr. Andy, what I would do? I would slap somebody's hand, literally. If they were yes, giving my dog, yes, I'd be would. like, oh, no, you don't. No, no, no. <laughs> the poor the poor gal at the checkout. Right? <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't. I've worked very hard, right? I've got one quick quick question. Or not quick question, quick story. Okay. I'm so proud of this, yeah. client, this client. And it kind of goes along with today. Um. She's a newer client. I think she's been coming a year, year and a half. And she was one of those that went, she's like, what do I do for this dog? She is failing. She's had a back problem. She's been on Vetalog for years and she still is. And that's not part of the story. Um, I go, you need to go raw and you need to do, and you need to get off the gabapentin and you need to, she did it all like in a matter of weeks, like amazingly so. And this dog has just done phenomenally. Okay. She's, she's super senior, 13 and a half, 14 years old. Okay. Staying at grandma's mom and dad are out of town. Oh, puking all day. Okay. And then the next day she was fine. Then she was puking all day. The next day, you better come home to take her to the <gasps> ER. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Okay. ER up. Oh, she might have pancreatitis. She does have a UTI. 
which if you're on long-term steroids, that's not actually that surprising. She, mom's like, yes, let's treat the UTI. I didn't know she had a UTI. Okay, great. We have to come back in two days for the ultrasound for the pancreatitis because they can't do it in emergency anymore. You know, heaven forbid. Um, don't get me started on that. But um, they go back two days later, she's back to her old self. But before she left the ER, they're like, you know what? You need to do your, here's your prescription food. And, you know, she's got pancreatitis and she's got, she said, no, thank you. Good for her. I'm so proud of her. I go, that dog didn't have pancreatitis or she, she had a, maybe a little, I think she ate something in grandma's backyard is what. Well, you, so grandma, I thought you were going to say grandma was giving milk bones. No, no, no milk bones. But gr- I think she got something. No, no. Grandma's not like both dogs are raw and this is what we do. No, I think there was, you know, something random in the backyard that maybe the dog found that grandma didn't know was back there and caused some upset. Right. Um, and now the dog's back to normal, but I was so proud of her. She, now she did go home and cook the chicken and rice, which I'm like, you don't need to do that either. But I go, if you had given that prescription, most likely you would have turned this into a pancreatitis. Like, right. It could have made things so much worse if you had done that. I, I actually gave her a hug because there's not a lot of my pet parents. And like you said, all, all of these ones that have been doing it for years and years and years fall prey. Like they just go, oh, okay. You know, everyone, you know, they're worried about their animals and all that. I was so proud of her. Now the dog's back on the rush, back to normal. No big deal. Pancreatitis is, is so diagnosed in a, uh, well, let me say it like this. If they can't figure out what's going on, it's pancreatitis. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then beyond that, if they can't figure it out, people, oh, they have IBD. I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. Right? That's just a uh, junk couple words for you to make you feel better that your dog has something that that we can't figure out. Right. But yeah, the blood work didn't even actually show pancreatitis. They just, this is must be what's going on. I'm like, no, it's called gastritis. And most likely she got a hold of something in that backyard and you know, she's not feeling so good. You know what? Down at our warehouse, Dr. Andy, there's, there's a, a, a woman that comes by every week and she brings bean burritos homemade bean burritos and sometimes you eat that bean burrito and it just comes shooting out the backside now i don't know i'm not gonna say that i have pancreatitis i'm just gonna say i have beanitis i don't know just don't eat the beans i mean i don't know (laughs) i'm not in the emergency room or anything like that it's just you know why don't we allow, as as you and Neely would say, allow our dogs to be dogs? I get it, but um, I don't know. I I just don't worry about my dogs that much. I mean, yeah, I do because I'm going to slap somebody's hands. They're not going to get a milk bone. <laughs> but I'm saying that um, that you know, I I don't run over and look at the poop every single time. Um, the other thing too, um, you know, we, we talked about this on the last podcast is that you've got to really understand what is lethargy and what is just, I am satiated. I'm happy, right? I'm not running around jacked up on sugar anymore, right? I'm not running around jacked up on sugar. And when they, some people make this transition, they're like, oh my gosh, my dog's just lethargic on, on, um, on raw. And I, and I, and I'm like, well, is that just, 
I'm satisfied and I'm not bouncing off the walls. <laughs> right. Right. My, my tummy doesn't hurt. I'm not freaking out in my head. Um, I'm just, I'm just actually going to be able to lay here and take a nap. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, anyway. folks, I will, the next person that tries to give my dog a milk bone, I will, I will slap their hands. Okay. I, I will follow Didi's lead on this. You know what? It's funny. Cause you're, you're so nice. You're really very nice. I don't know that you will ever slap their hands. <laughs> I will probably say, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right. All right, Dr. Andy, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Remember, you can work with Dr. Andy. And I would always suggest if your dog has hip problems, leg problems, back problems, neurological problems, that you schedule a consult with Dr. Andy before you do anything. She can tell a lot by just looking at your dog on Zoom, right? Yep. And there are so many things that maybe, maybe you've never thought of. Um, that chiropractic can do. She can help you understand that. Get a consult with Dr. Andy. You can find her at animalmagiccare.com, animalmagiccare.com. Uh, the YouTube lives are going to go on vacation for the month yeah. of July. Month yeah. of July. Good for you. Going to take a little bit of a summer break. Yeah. A little bit of a summer break. But remember, you can always send those questions that you have for the podcast right here at info at rawdogfoodandco.com, or you can go to our chat site. Uh, you can go to Dr. Andy's site, and we will answer those here on the podcast. All right, everybody? Get Absolutely. your dogs on a species-appropriate diet. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where your pet's health is our business. And friends, don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you nope. soon, everybody. Bye, Dr. Andy. Bye-bye. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.